Jowson, sweetie, please drop that beat to start the show. The Romantic Truth Podcast extends a loving and warm welcome to listeners in celebration of our sixth year of the show. We wish you a promising 2024. Please be advised that due to the language, subject matter, and topics of the show, adults 18 years of age and older are highly recommended for this content. Uninterrupted and commercial-free listening. Now, since all of that is over, I would like to take this opportunity and introduce you to the host of Romantic Truth, Jaosan in Las Vegas. Hi everyone, Johnson with you here, Romantic Truth, Las Vegas. I hope everybody's doing well today. Folks, this is what's getting ready to happen in June. I'm going to probably have to go on to video with the show, but I'm going to also do an audio component. We're still going to keep that going. The only reason being is that my hand is being forced because some tools are going to be taken away. Um, and so I have to adjust around it. But in any case, I'm going to still hang on to the podcast on Anchor or Spotify for podcasters. I really like the way they got things set up. I know they might be going through something right now. I don't know. But in any case, wish them the best. We still gonna hang in there. Now, let's get to it, shall we? Today's show is about, I should say, today's show is sponsored by <laughs> Discreet Relationships and Dating Anxiety. We're gonna talk about both of those subjects today. Let's talk about the latter one first. Now, we are all sometimes anxious when we're meeting someone for the first time. Yeah, palms get a little sweaty, but you don't wanna to get too sweaty because you don't wanna be musty when you meet them. But for the most part, you're kind of self-conscious, you're worried about different things, your breath. And I'll, let me tell you something, folks. Put all that out of your head. I know it's easier said than done, but you got to. You know when you show up for work every day, you don't really give a damn what people think about you. You, you just come in the normal way you do, right? When you see your family, it's the same way. Well, in a certain regard, you have to do that with dates. I mean, you could be presentable, but don't you don't have to overdo it. You could be you first. See, what we get in trouble is when we don't want to be us, we want to be something else that's better than us. And we haven't quite measured up to that yet. And what happens, we wind up falling on our faces with it because they can see through that. Being yourself is the best thing you could ever be in life. No one else can be you. Take, take advantage of that. And some of us don't. You know, we want somebody else to kind of shape our lives for us give us criticism so that we could do better to please them. But what about us? Like Michael Jackson said, they don't really care about us. And this is something we have to look at. We have to think about ourselves at some point, right? So don't, what I'm saying is don't over criticize yourself to a point where it's a defeatist effort. Don't put yourself in that category. You don't have to. There are enough people out there that don't like you just for being you. So why the hell do you have to go and add on? Now, first thing, there are three common things that people are concerned with when meeting someone. 
the first thing that they're concerned with is how do they appear to that other person? The second thing is, do I meet the expectations of that other person in conversation, in presentation? The next thing that people concern themselves with is, what do they think of me? So, if you look at it, beginning, middle, and end. The beginning, how do I look? The middle, how's everything I told you about myself? The end, what do you think of me? Just like a job interview. Same concept. See, the one thing that you cannot allow yourself to do is to get so hyped until you talk yourself out of it. You know, there was a gentleman that wrote me about four years ago. He was so stoked that he was going out on a date with this woman that he thought for sure was going to tell him no because she was the hottest woman in the company he worked for. And there was no way in hell he thought he stood a chance. She said yes. They went out on a date. I think two years later, they got married. But here's the problem. <laughs> it's sad to say. The man started hyperventilating on the date and passed out. They had to call the paramedics. He was so hyped and amped up because he didn't believe that he's got it like that. And he went on to get married. But now, what you have to remember, the person that you're seeing is going to be kind of a little bit anxious too. About two things. One, the things they have told you about them. And the second is the things they have yet to tell you about them. Ooh, that can get kind of spooky. But that's the way it goes sometimes. Now, the other thing that we have to keep in mind here is that when you're dealing with this kind of uh, situation, besides being you, don't overthink it. Don't be too self-critical. Ladies, those of you who are looking for a man or looking to meet someone for a relationship, coffee shop, donut shop, ice cream parlor, pizza parlor, let the broke women ask for the five-star restaurants. Because if you're a female and you're making pretty good money, you could afford your own damn trip to a five-star restaurant. That will distinguish you from the rest of these other women that are out there, these gophers. Men are not into throwing away money on women on first dates anymore. They want to see whether or not it's a viable possibility that the two of you can actually go out have a relationship and see how things go from there. <coughs> They're not going to sit around and just uh, say, well, you know, I'm just going to spend all this money and I'm just going to be an endless pit of money going in. Men are not doing that shit no more. It stopped with my generation, the boomers. And the reason why we aren't doing that is because of the fact that we realize 
that there were a certain group of women that felt entitled. How the hell are you gonna ask me to spend $500 on you for dinner? And I don't know your last name yet. I don't know nothing about you. Just because you look good and you went and got your hair done and put on a nice dress and talking all this bullshit to really put you on a pedestal like that, get the fuck real. You know, it's kind of funny. Every wealthy woman that I've dated in my lifetime, not one of them, when we met on our first date, except for Monica, not one of them dressed to the nines. They had designer bags and all that shit, but guess what? It wasn't something that had to label. You would literally have to ask. Because it just looked like a regular purse. And these women had money. And guess what? First dates were at cafes. Monica and I, Monica and I, our first date, the Rodale Cafe. It used to be up there on Rodale Drive, Beverly Hills. Very simple venue. Nothing flashy, nothing special. Next thing, ladies. One thing that will help you. You tell a man, oh, you plan. Just go on and end the date. Don't even bother. No outro. Just say, look, you know what? We're not compatible. Let's go. Because that chronic complainer, that's all you're going to get in your relationship. If she's starting with it up front, she's going to keep it going. Now, there's some of you out there, let's be honest. Some of you need to see a therapist before you start dating. You haven't gotten over the hurt of the past and there's nothing wrong with going to see a therapist. A relationship is not therapy. The only thing it will probably do is complicate matters for you because you'll be trying to fix things from the past in the present in somebody else's relationship that has nothing to do with the person that you were with. And it's gonna look very awkward when that person finally pulls back and say, I don't know who the hell you intended that for, but that was your past relationship. We're in a different one. Some people have unresolved battles. Now, as I told you before, ladies, First date, you drive yourself, get Lyft, Uber, or whatever, and make sure that you're sober when you get back in the Uber or Lyft vehicle, and that driver calls your name, tells you what your name is, and the license plates on that vehicle match. And don't wind up like the woman in South Carolina, unfortunately. She had drinks with her friends, was looking at her phone so damn much, she just got in the back of a guy's car, and he went and killed her. Make sure you know where you're going and who you're going with. The other thing, you should be the one, ladies, to initiate the touching between you and the man. If you like him, you want to express how much you like him, ask him to ask to see his hands. Holding his hands, that will be an icebreaker. 
He'll probably be relieved from that. Because see, the whole thing is with us men, we're kind of afraid to approach you in a certain way because with this Me Too movement and everything, a lot of guys ain't taking that chance. So you gotta be very careful. The ball's in your court, ladies, when you're comfortable with it. Fellas, keep your hands to yourself. Let her do the moving. So as I told you before, you're sitting across the table from each other and she wants to show you pictures of her dog Poopsie or whatever. And she feels comfortable enough with you that she's gonna slide her table chair over to your side of the table and she's gonna get under you where you can put your arm around her. She's comfortable being in proximity of you. The minute you gotta go and try to force yourself on her like a caveman putting your arm around her and that kind of shit, you blow it. Cause she said, oh no, he did that shit too soon. She's already done, she's done with you. She's already shut down. She's surviving the date at that point. When a woman shuts down, she goes into survival mode on the date. And then she leaves. Because she's gonna, it's gonna hit her and she's gonna make that decision right then and there. So you don't wanna blow it with your behavior. Any kind of unruly behavior, stealing condiments from the table, yelling and cussing at the waitress, berating the waitress, teasing the bus boys. I've seen it done. Leave all of that shit at home. Women do not want to see a bravado show. They don't want to see a macho man show. She's out there on the date spending her time to see whether or not you're a viable partner for her in a relationship. Because the first thing she's going to say is, oh, he has unresolved issues. He hasn't really secured his masculinity yet. That's the whole thing. You don't have to prove that you're the man, that you're the boss. Anytime you have to do that, I'm telling you, the first thing a woman thinks, oh, I've been through this shit before, the more likely they have. They say, okay, sidestep from him. Who's next? We're going to talk more in just a moment. All right, now, another thing that comes out with this, ladies, on the first date. What are you checking for? What are you looking for in the guy? Guys, what are you looking for in her? One, you want that person to be able to express themselves in the sense of, tell me about yourself, your background. You don't have to ask it in that direct fashion. So uh, share with me about your family. Uh, where, where did you guys grow up? What you're trying to do, you're trying to humanize them in a way that they realize, hey, this person kind of cares about me. They, they want to know about me. You don't want to ask about anything they drive, live in. Only poor people ask that shit trying to have a come up. So you want to find out about the person's character background. How would you perceive yourself in the eyes of others? How do your friends perceive you? Oh, they think I'm so-and-so and so. That's cool. Because what this means is that this person has an identity. 
They can tell you about themselves, about their personality and their character, and other people's perception of them. That's a plus. So what does that mean for you if you got in a relationship with this person? You don't have to worry about an identity crisis. They know who they are. The next thing, the purpose of the individual. You want to find out what their passion is. The third thing, what are their strengths and weaknesses? Strengths and weaknesses. You know, I love romantic comedies, but I'm, I'm afraid of horrors. You know what? I love horror movies, but I don't like romantic comedies. So we'll hold up each other in that respect. So when you go, we go to a romantic comedy, I'll need for you to hold my hand. And when you go to a horror movie, we go to a horror movie together, I'll hold yours. Yin and yang, you're trying to find codependency in some capacity that's positive. The last thing, when it comes down to intentions. So take for instance, this date goes very well and we wind up dating for about six months. What do you think we'll be doing in six months? When you convey a question like that to a partner, potential partner, they say, oh, this person's thinking about the future with me. That's another added plus. They have a plan. So in the beginning, they have an identity. The second question about purpose so tell me what your passion is in life, blah, 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 blah. That right there, they have ambition and drive. And they have a commitment. Strengths and weaknesses, they have self-awareness. And the last one, they have a plan. So now with those four things, you can make a pretty good assessment as to whether or not that person might be the right kind of person for you. Now, true enough, it's not foolproof, but it's better than what you're doing in many cases, which is nothing. Well, let's see how it goes. Oh, I'm gonna hang in there and hope it gets better. It's like a bad movie that never gets to the point of getting any better. It just gets worse. Now, another thing about this, This is just like a job interview. Those four questions, what they usually ask you in job interviews. Those four steps that I told you when it comes to the first date. Presentation, interaction, and review. That's all subjective. So now, Let's carry on. I'm still writing on the book, folks. Don't count me out. It's just taking me some time because I got to deal with all these changes and stuff. Now, when it comes down to a situation, post-mortem date, what are some of the things you want to take away? Did everything that he said or she said measure up to what they presented on the phone call, video chat, chat or their profile 
Were there any major discrepancies? Do I have any larger questions? Did this person lay something down on me that's so heavy that I really got to make a decision on it and really think about it? You got to do a post-mortem. It gives you an idea and an assessment. Now, one thing I would tell you ladies never to do on the first date and I had this done to me, and I've seen it done when she thought she was slave. Scheduling carousel dates, especially at the same venue. As I told you, I took a lady out one time, we went, had dinner. I didn't pick her up, she drove. I got ready to leave. She was over there at the restaurant across the street. Just went across the street. Met another dude there. Right after our date ended. And I know you're saying, oh, well, men do it too. Yes, they do. But here's the thing. You're going to learn that we don't live in a egalitarian society. I know we want to feel that way and make it that way. Oh, God, I wish I was rich just like everybody else. But you're not. Everybody may have an advantage over others in some capacity. Some people can sing, some people can't. Some people can write, some people can't. It varies. Now, here's the thing though. There's some women that will tell the man, like this lady told me one time, well, you know, yeah, you've been meeting anybody on there? Uh, yeah, yeah, I met a couple women. Yeah, well, um, I'm supposed to go out tomorrow night with this other guy, and I got another guy Friday to go out with, and then what I'll do is I'll give you a call back and let you know if you made the cut. That's what you don't. Like I'm an NFL tryout. Well, I made a decision for her. I said, well, no, you don't have to be in consideration of the guy you're going out with tomorrow night and Friday night. I'm out. Oh, no, you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't. No, 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 no. I don't need to. Why should I wait for an answer from you when I can get an answer from someone else? I need it. Oh, I hurt your feelings. Try to come in with that bullshit. My dear, this is our first date. You don't know me well enough to even get close, not only to my feelings, but past my sense of smell. What I was implying, not that she had vaginal odor or anything. Ladies, don't wear that fucking Chantilly. That is an old lady's perfume. This woman was in her 30s. Ladies, if you start talking sexual to a man, if you guys start cracking jokes like on your date, take me as you talking about how you like to fuck and what you like to use, or you like rubbers, what kind of rubbers the guy to use. When you get guys get into that and dildos and vibrators, don't pull the conversation back trying to clean it up. He's gonna think you're a fucking idiot, and he's never, ever, 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 ever gonna look at you the same way. Because the way he looks at it, okay, if you're comfortable enough to let your hair down like that, and we're comfortable enough to have a conversation. 
you're showing me who you are. If you pull it back, what that tells me is that, oh, I'll be dealing with somebody that's like a chameleon. Watch yourself. Don't go sexual unless you're ready. And fellas, as we know in the rule book, we can't talk about sex with women on dates. Let her do that first. Let her do that first. Well, on a date with a lady one time, she was from the Scandinavian country that would na remain nameless. <laughs> I went over to her apartment to pick her up. This was before I knew about the rules. And she told me to unzip my pants. And I said, unzip my pants? She said, yeah. Okay. And she sticks her hand inside my pants. Good, let's go. Good, let's go. We went on a date. Now, I ain't gonna say nothing, even though I took a shower. This woman handled my dick. And she's eating finger food at the restaurant. I gave her some wipes. She wiped her fingers before she ate. I'm just saying. And I asked her, what was that all about? She's uh, just wanted to make sure. What I didn't realize, after the date, she was making sure all right. And it was nice. I don't complain at all. But I just never had been approached that way by a woman. 30 plus years out there, you run into situations you had no idea. And that was a shock. But in her country, she said it's normal to have sex before they start dating. Because it's part of the way things work. Now, here's the other thing you have to come to grips with. You have to come to grips with the fact that you might have had a great date with that person. Ladies, don't lead him on if there's no second date. You might have had a wonderful time, but you had a wonderful time at the event, but not with the person you were with. So don't lie and say, oh, you know, it was great going out with you. We had a wonderful time, but we just don't have chemistry. Yeah, you know, his dick could probably get soft for a minute, but he'll get over it. Instead of leading him on, well, you know, we'll see what happens. And that's the initiative, initiative for him to worry the shit out of you. It's best to nip it in the bud early and he has no recourse. Now, fellas, understand one thing. A lot of women will say, it's me, I'm not ready for a relationship. 
They'll give me that bullshit. You're not the guy she wants. That's the reason why she's saying all that shit. She's not being honest with you. Therefore, even if you pursued a relationship with her, if she's dishonest with you and telling you that she doesn't want to go out with you, what the hell do you think it's going to be like when you're in a relationship with her? Like she's going to get better? Why deal with it? You shouldn't. Now, another thing too. When it comes down to setting the next date, and I've always told you about the three date, that some people use three down. Cerebral stimulation, first date. Emotional chemistry, second date. Third date, potential intimacy. There's some women that operate on that premise. There are others who don't. It depends. If a woman has to warm up to you and she's not there yet and you're on your sixth or seventh date, that's a good possibility. She's giving up on it and she's just going along for the ride. You taking me out? You paying for the food? Shit, I'll go. Now we're not a couple yet. I'm not your girlfriend. One thing that I would tell you to avoid before we break here: do not get involved with a situationship. I call them shit situationships. These are situations where people don't want to label their relationship, but they want to have a routine of seeing you and probably fucking. Put a label on it. Because if you don't, you're going to fuck around and waste years of your life with that person. And if you get pregnant, just as irresponsible as they were designating a de uh, designating a title for your relationship, they'll be that way being a parent as well. We'll talk more in just a moment. Honey, what's wrong? It's one of those moments right now where I have to fart, but I don't know if it's poop. And I don't know if I should trust it because I don't want to shit my fucking pants before I go in the Now, for the second date, first date, you want something that's intimate, coffee shop, bookstore, believe it or not, like Barnes & Noble, or somewhere where you, the two of you could be within proximity of each other and not have a lot of ambient noise or disturbances. The second date could be more of a low-key restaurant-type situation. Still intimate. Because what you're going for now is to see whether or not you guys have real chemistry. And if you do, that means there'll be more touchy-feely. But guys, let her start that. Let her be comfortable. When a woman is comfortable, she will do some shit you never thought of before. I'm telling you. You will sit there and say, 
Wow. She's that comfortable. The other thing is this. <laughs> I shouldn't be saying this shit, but I'm gonna say it anyway. The other thing is this. Ladies, when you know that you're very comfortable with the guy, you're kissing him, you guys are holding hands, When you're ready for him to kind of uh, get a little bit more intimate with his hands or whatever, guide his hands there. You will be surprised. Or make yourself available for him to put his arms around you or whatever. As long as it's within reason. I'm not talking about anything that's disrespectful. I'm talking about something that's consensual. Take for instance, you guys are dancing. And... You're dancing to all the fast songs. And a slow song comes on. See, here's one of the, <laughs> I'm going to say it, one of the differences between being with a Latin woman, a black woman, and a Caucasian woman, sometimes an Asian woman. Usually with black and Latin women, when you put your arm around their waist, if your hand ever slid down, it's got to slope out and curve. And we know as men, we don't want to do that because we're going to go and grab the nape of the booty. So, so we got to keep it around the waist. The reason why I said the other groups is because with, with many women, back, based on the way they're built, you don't have that problem. And it's not really a problem, but see, the, the thing is, is that sometimes you can rest your hand on top of the booty. I used to do that all the time. When we slow dance, have my arms around the waist. Shit, my arms be resting, her hands will be extended up around my neck. I used to love doing that with mine. It was like a table. But here's the thing. In all seriousness, I'm just joking on that. But here's the thing. Not with Monica. But here's the thing, though. When it comes down to you initiating what's acceptable, with him responding, being respectable of you, there's a good possibility you probably got a good guy. That guy is gonna take his hand, you put your, you put his hand in, the, in your lap while you drive while he's driving. And then he decides to just go and take it and put it under your skirt. Uh-uh. As long as he's holding it there. But most women will hold his hand, sometimes with both hands, and make sure his ass doesn't do anything. But take your time. You are the one that has to be comfortable and it has to be consensual. Please remember that. Now, with the second date, you're gonna to get to know each other a lot better. It's gonna be more of an intimate type date. I don't mean sexually, but I mean where you guys are talking about things. You're exposing a little bit more about yourselves. Third date could be a diversion date. 
there could be a date where you guys may do a, a sporting thing together, a team building thing together. Fourth date, you want to have it where it's like a concert or something like that, or a comedy store, where there's a third party distraction where you both can enjoy it. Somebody else is doing the work, too, if you don't have to do it together. And so in that way, it's kind of laid out where you don't have fatigue with each other. And it's kind of where you don't mind being around each other. Now, what I did for an intimacy date with the lady was she did not swim. Oh, that was a hard sell, too, let me tell you. I don't look good in a bathing suit. She was a damn lot. When that woman came out in that bathing suit, ooh, ooh, when she came out in that bathing suit. Mm-mm-mm. I'm down spills I had my dick jumped out of my head, put it back in, I'm like, eh, eh, cowboy down. What was hitting me in the navel. You see that? I'm like, down boy. But she couldn't swim a lick, that's for damn sure. First white woman I've ever met that couldn't swim. I just never bothered learning how. And I showed her how to swim. We took our time in the shallows. Shit. By about an hour and a half, two, what, about two hours? My ass was down in the deep end and shit. Showed out a backstroke, doggy paddle, freestyle. And I said, I don't think you want to do the butterfly like Mark Spitz did, because your ass gonna be tired. You're gonna be exhausted. Takes a lot of work. And he was like, happy, in tears. And she was so happy the first time she swam over to me on her own. She was afraid of the water. She had a brother that had drowned, which was understandable when she was still young. But she faced her fear. You never know what it may be. And you never know what has impacted the person. Now, another thing too. Because I know you folks are going to do the opposite. Ladies, if you do let the guy pick you up, which I highly do not recommend in this day and age, take a picture, download the timestamp app on Android at the Play Store or at the App Store. Either one, whether it's iPhone or Android. You can download it. It's called timestamp, one word. You want to download that app, put it on your phone. When you go on a date with a guy, you want to take a type selfie of him with using that app, one of yourself with him, and one of the rear of the automobile with the tag and everything. Tail light pattern and all. You don't want any obstructions there. You want to Now, another thing that I'm going to bring up, and y'all are not going to like it. You single mothers, do not bring your children on a first date. A lady pulled that bullshit with me one time. It only took one time to learn my lesson. 
That was an 80-something dollar bill I spent at McDonald's. At first, they had plans to take her to a nice restaurant. After I saw her, she went, mm-mm, we're going to McDonald's. Honey, I told her, no, we're going to McDonald's. Ain't no honey in this shit. <laughs> this is our first day. Uh-uh, we ain't going to know. And their little asses can eat. That little boy with the serrated teeth. Shit, he down two Big Macs like it wasn't anything. Kind of scared because the boy's hands and feet were bigger than he was. He had rolls of teeth like a shark. He was like a conveyor belt. Oh man, three kids, they, whoo, never forget that. It's amazing. But another thing, fellas, you do not pay for babysitters for her to go on a date. There was one gentleman that wrote me two years ago. He paid for her hair, her nails, and the babysitter for them to go on a date. Uh-uh. I paid for a babysitter one time in my younger years wasn't worth it. You're not doing for that. That person should be able to pay their own bills. On that date, they should never ask you for money. They should never tell you about financial hardship. They should not talk about, oh, I left my wallet. And ladies, if, it, if the implications were, if he said he was going to pay for lunch, pay for dinner, and he said, oh, damn, you know, I left my wallet. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm going to eat. I'm going to go and order and pay for my food. You go home and find your wallet. That's the way that works. Now, here's the thing. Some of you may be disabled, and you're going on dates with someone who's healthy. Be very careful. Vet them first. And you may have to vet them for a very long time. Maybe meet them somewhere where you guys can start a rapport. Don't let them pick you up until you're comfortable. For those of you who can't drive or don't drive. Take your time. Don't rush yourself. And don't allow your disability to get in the way. Tell them that you're disabled if you are. Tell them what's going on. I know we got HIPAA laws and all that, but here's the thing. You want them to be informed so they can make an informed decision. And if they say yes, more than likely, they've already looked at the consequences, circumstances, and they're okay with it. What they don't like is to be ambushed or surprised. I went out with a lady one time, and I knew it was going to be fucked up. I went all the way down to Temecula, California, when I lived in uh, Orange County. I just knew, uh, it was just in my gut, it's going to be a fucked up date. Didn't know why. Didn't have any proof evidence or nothing. I get down there, this lady has this brand new Cadillac with a big, big ass uh, thing on the back for a hover wrap. And she was 45, but she looked like she was 60. 
Well, the only thing we did was went down to the casino. I watched her blow a lot of money. I took her to dinner. And I took my ass right back to Orange County. Well, if I would have told you that, you wouldn't have wanted to be you damn straight. Not that I discriminate against you because of your disability. And her disability wasn't something where she was debilitated. It was more of a situation where she was one of these kind of people that maybe diagnosed with one thing, but yet they go online and say they got a whole bunch of other shit wrong with them when they don't because they haven't gotten it from the doctor. That's what you're dealing with. And so I said, uh, uh-uh. And what I couldn't understand was I'm following her to the casino. She's got this big ass hump around in the back, attached to the back bunk. She didn't even pull the fuck out. She got out of the car and walked on in there like nothing. Handicap spotting off. I said, oh, okay. Teach his own. Now, we're going to talk more in just a moment. Now, I saved this email from November 2023 because I knew I was going to talk about this subject in particular. I was trying to save it up. And it's from Naomi. And she writes the following. I've been debating whether or not I should start having sex on the first date with guys. It's been a situation where they're just leaving. Right off the bat, one time only, we're done. We go on a date, we kiss, we smooch, but nothing else. Maybe I should start giving it up. I haven't been doing it, and I'm thinking that that may be the problem. What would be your suggestion? Now, I wrote her back, and what I told her basically was, why are you stopping doing what you're doing? Keep doing it. Don't sleep with them on the first day. Because what you're doing is effective. There is something else about you that these guys are not attracted to. It could be the fact that they couldn't sleep with them. Depends on the caliber of men you attract. Now, a lot of women run into this problem because there are some women that haven't been with a man in a while and they are so horny and they're tired of the damn vibrator. They're tired of, they probably snapped the dildo in half. They're just done. And they want to really get some meat. But the problem is, it's too simple. She's not comfortable because she knows if she goes in that direction, she may not control herself. There are some women that once they get a dick in them, shit, they're a zombie. They're men like that. They get a piece of pussy. Shit. They're Superman. 
They be singing that song from Apocalypse Now. Dun, 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 dun. I need some pussy. I need some pussy. And I need to know. Gotta be singing Flight of the Falcons. But here's the thing. Uh, Bob Douglas Hitler's, unfortunately, his favorite uh, composer. I'm not saying that for the sake of it, I'm saying that for the sake of Wagner. Because who wants to let everyone be a fan like him? Anyway, getting back to it. It was a situation where you want to be in control, and the best way to be in control, ladies, is to measure your feelings when it's time. And don't let the pressure, don't let the rejection be your lead. As I told you many times before, folks, your feelings are not your friend. They're the fair weather friend you have. They change. Your core values, your standards, your boundaries, those are your friends. Those are the people that will take the car keys from you if they drink. Your feelings are not going to do it. Your feelings will say something like, shit, you can still drive. Yeah, yeah, okay, you got no buzz. You don't even get behind the wheel. The boundaries and standards are going to say, fuck no. Your feelings are never your friend. And the reason why they aren't is because people can impact them and change your own perception about yourself. If you allow it. You have a choice to feel the way you want to feel. And if you're going to allow somebody to come into your life and make you feel bad about yourself, that's on you. You've given them too much clout. You don't deserve it. They didn't earn it. Fuck, you're going to make me feel bad about myself and I just met you and we're on a first date. You better get the fuck up out of my face. <laughs> that's what it needs to be like. Instead of sitting there doing, she, she heard about feeling because she said, I got a small dick. Opening up a can of Perrier lime water. Mmm. That is good. But anyway, folks, um, this is something that, you know, you may want to consider. Now, ladies, lighten that urge. I know it can be tough because you get tired of going to the gym. You get tired of working out for those of you who don't masturbate. You try to bury yourself in business and in your activities, keep yourself busy. You know that shit's not really fulfilling. But now what you don't want to do also is to become so involved in your single life as you were and think that that's going to overlay a relationship. You got to make some adjustments to accommodate that relationship. Now, 
you'll run into some people who will only want to have friends with benefits, as I always talk about. FWBs are nothing more than just a placeholder. Usually the person that initiates it, commonly, believe it or not, is a woman. She wants to put the guy in a certain category. You're the friend that she fucks, but you're not the final destination. You're a respite. She's gonna try and experiment sexually with you, intimately with you as much as possible. She's probably gonna tell you not to get serious about her because she's not gonna get serious about you because you're not the one for her. You're scratch pad. So when she's doing reverse cowgirl and all that other shit, you loving it? Believe it or not, it's not for you. That's just a trial run. Because what she's going to do is clean herself up for the guy she's going to be with. He's not going to know anything about her past. She's not going to want to be with you in a relationship because she knows you too well. That's their out. And then what she wants to do is to flatten it intimacy out later on after she gets with the other guy and call you her friend. That means no more pussy. And she's going to have a transition period where she might be talking to this new guy, but she's getting her knees met with you, but it's not going to be as frequently as it used to be. She's not going to be as accessible. She just wants to get that urge taken care of. Now, a couple of people have written me about this in particular, especially a couple of African-American men that were dating. One was dating a Latina, the other man was dating a, black, a white one. And what he couldn't, what both of them couldn't understand, really, was why weren't they going forward as far as more of a commitment in the relationship? And I explained to both of them, you get into this relationship with this person, and, you know, the subject of cohabitation kind of comes in. And fellas, women check out your place when they first get there. They're already making changes in their head about, I'm gonna get rid of that damn t-shirt. That garbage can he's throwing in the trash. It looks like it's been around for about 20 years. That couch is gonna be taken out of here. They've already got designs. If she's into you. If she's not into you, she's not going to want to come over. Ladies, on a first date, especially if you've been drinking, uh, don't go over that man's house. Especially if you're riding in his car. You don't know what the fuck. You might have a damn dungeon with whips and chains and wild beasts in there. You don't know. Fellas, you got to watch out with these women too, as I told you before. Policy should be if you pick up a woman by any chance from her place for a date, and you're driving down the street, and say, oh, that's my cousin. Fuck your cousin. <laughs> but, you know, give him a right. Fuck him. Because there's a good possibility it can be a setup.
If she invites you over to her place for a first date, don't go. Same thing for you ladies. Yeah, why don't you come over? We can have Netflix and chill. Nope. And a friend of mine years ago, he lived at home with his mom. He was saving up money, going to buy him a new car and everything. And he was trying to leave home and buy a house. Problem was, he was spending money just as he was saving it. Buying all kinds of shit for women and stuff. Well, what he chose to do this time, first date, he invited her over to his place. Well, his mama's place. And he lived downstairs. They didn't have a basement, but it was a two-story house. This young lady came over and spent the whole night cracking jokes with his mama. And he's downstairs. And then finally, his mother had to send her downstairs to talk to him because he was feeling isolated. He cracked me up. He said, man, I told her to go home. I wasn't going to deal with her because she was just... I was like, well... I said, one thing you don't have to worry about, you don't have to worry about any kind of friendship between her and the mom. The fact they got that down pat. And the sad thing was... His mother told the lady, my son's not good enough for you. That was fucked up. The lady and mom, I think they're still best friends to this day. And my boy eventually moved out, got his own place. He didn't speak to his mom for a while, then eventually they reconciled. But he was really hurt by that. But what mom was looking at was the fact that he was saving money, but he was spending it. Going out with women that didn't give a shit about it. Even while he was messing around with her. A couple of things you're going to realize, fellas. Dating is okay. But you're going to have to watch your budgets. Because you look at it now, people are moving into rooms now. Not apartments, not houses, rooms. Zillow has a whole section now where you can rent a room from someone. And they have apps like Roomster and different uh, apps where you could go and rent a room in a house or an apartment from someone. If I were you and you were looking for a room... Rent it from someone that has a house. Not an apartment. So do you though? Do your due diligence, find out what the requirements are. Because housing is getting tight in this country. It's expensive. Even for these old beat up ass houses. Asking a normal leg. So be mindful of that. We'll talk more in a moment. If your dick makes me fight bitches, co-sign for cars, argue with you mama, and go to church to pray you back, I want it. 
Now, there was one thing that Shaq said, Shaquille O'Neal said, when he was asked the question about sharing feelings with women. He said, you don't, because basically, to paraphrase, they will weaponize those feelings and use them against you later on. Now, here's the thing with that. If you made a good decision to be with a woman, in the first place, you would never have that vulnerability. You only become vulnerable with someone who is displayed to you that they can be vulnerable too. Because that's how you protect each other. It's sensitivity. Now, question I get. Mary writes the following. And Mary is out of Stanford, Connecticut. How can you give advice about dating? You don't have a woman yourself. I don't get it. True enough, I'm divorced. Been divorced three times. But that shouldn't matter. I know I would not be giving advice. And maybe you shouldn't be either. After all, you're a man. So what would you know about relationships anyway? My opinion only. I've only been listening for a week. And guess what, ma'am? It shows you've only been listening for a week. Because people have been listening to the show for six years, and those have been listening beyond those six years prior to, and those that have been listening to me back in the 90s, when we used to do the blogs, when we used to do the damn message boards on AOL and Prodigy. You are so late, so lost, and so misinformed that the only thing I could tell you, ma'am, is go back and listen to some of the past shows to catch up. Because here's the thing. I am single by choice. I'm at a point in my life where I'm looking for a specific woman, not just another breathing body that's a female. I've had that shit for God knows how many years. That doesn't impress me. See, you're the kind of woman that would think that as long as she's got a pussy, a man should be with her, and therefore, he should be content. I've outgrown that decades ago. Maybe you need to read up on the cliff notes. Now, here's the thing. When it comes down to something like this, you have a lot of people that say this. I've seen a lot of people that have had YouTube podcasts and so forth, and they were talking about how wonderful and lovely things were. There was one uh, particular couple. You couldn't ever go on YouTube without seeing them in the feed about how great their marriage was giving all of this advice to couples about how they could enhance their marriage and the wife got caught with a teenage boy in the backseat of a car that was the demise of their marriage what I'm telling you is this You folks can go and think that bullshit if you want to. That everybody is happily married because they're giving you advice and they've been in relationships. There's some that have made it. But let me tell you something. It worked for them as to what they've done. It doesn't necessarily mean it'll work for your ass. That's what I'm trying to get you to see. Why do you think I tell you what worked for me may not work for you? You are leaders in your own destiny. Those people are used to dealing with followers. 
they're used to dealing with people that say, oh, that's how it works. Let me try it this way. You're thinkers. You're the people that will say, huh, that's something I might consider. Maybe I could use that tool. I could try that. But what you're not doing is changing your whole philosophy of life based on a person. That's what I wanted to convey to you. That's the reason why I tell you I'm not a coach, I'm not a leader, I'm not none of that shit. And with this, you still are in control of your own destiny. These folks are trying to get you to think a certain way. I'm trying to get you to think, period, for yourself. That's as far as it goes. I don't want to influence you in any kind of way to do something, yay or nay. That's on you to make that decision. I can tell you what I would do, what I wouldn't do. I could give you some heads up on certain things that I've learned along the way or experienced. But it's up to you to make the assessment for your own personal situation because you know it better than I would ever. That's what I want to convey to you. So ma'am, please feel free to go through the archives and listen to some of the past shows to get up to speed. Now, another thing that I hear a lot. When a man dates outside of his race, our woman for that matter does the same. People automatically default to, oh well, he doesn't like so-and-so women or she doesn't like so-and-so men. No, it means that they have broadened their horizons and got more diverse. That's what it means. As I told you before, love doesn't have a color, nor does compatibility. And that may be the very nexus for two people to get together. A lot of times what we like to do is we limit ourselves to what we can do with a person based on false narratives. I know women right now, right down there in Atlanta, who are literally waiting for the right black man to show up in their lives. And they have passed up all kind of men of different races. I know three women in particular. They dated men who were bisexual and found out later They've dated men who were openly gay and found out later. They've dated men who had multiple baby mamas and found out later. And these are all career professional women. And the problem with them is that they're so hell-bent on reaching a quota instead of their happiness. And this is the reason why they're so frustrated and upset. You got to make yourself happy with the choices you make in the person you bring into your life. Fuck society. Fuck the family. Fuck your friends. Fuck everything else. You come first on that. And if you don't come first, you're not even living your own damn life. You're living it for somebody else. I was talking to a friend recently. Hadn't spoken to him in about Oh, 10 years. He had listened to a few episodes of the podcast. Sent me an email. I responded back, gave me his number. 
And he was talking to me about, man, what you're talking about now is something I've gone through in the past. I was trying to always have the attention. Now, after two divorces later, he's at peace with himself. He makes less than $2,000 a month. Finally at peace with himself. Oh, he made a hell of a lot more throughout his life. But here's the problem. It was for everybody else's benefit and not his own. And that was one thing I was trying to explain to him when I was out there on the dating scene. And I started pulling back. He finally got the message. Got it later on in life, but he got it. Because all of this shit you're doing in the earlier parts of your life to impress other people, you're going to realize that a lot of those people that you tried to impress fell short of your own standard. Oops. How many of you looked up to a person and admired that person and they let you down in the end? This is the reason why I don't put anyone on a pedestal. Because we're all a flaw in some capacity. And when we start living vicariously through someone else's success, someone else's model, we done fucked up. Most people are a compilation of different experiences, different people they've met, different situations they were exposed to, different environments in which they were in. That's how you actually configure yourself. You go and try to be like somebody that you're not. Hmm. I remember a lady told me years ago, you need to be more like Jesus. How can I be like somebody I didn't know? Somebody that was written about hundreds of years after they existed. You need to be a Christian. Why should I? Jesus wasn't one. If I was going to follow him. It all depends on where you see yourself in life. And here's the thing. As I told you, I'll repeat it once again. The hardest thing in life is to control your own. Because everybody's trying to grab the wheel to control it for you. Everybody wants you to believe the way they want you to believe. They want you to have the same fears they do. Have the same reservations they do. There's no need to. They're in one lane, living their lives. You're in another. Your risk tolerance may be higher than theirs. Okay, well, whose fault is that? Nobody's. And this is what I'm saying. Sometimes people will try to go and expand their fears onto you. So in that way, they feel as though they're in good company. You know, like some people that may be down on their luck. And they don't want to be around a successful person. They want to be around a person that's at the same level they're at. So they have someone to be comforting to them. Folks, you need to watch that. 
always think for yourself. Use your logic before your feelings. And I'm telling you this. I'm just sharing this with you. It's up to you. Your logic gets you out of trouble. Your feelings will get you in it. I want you to think about how many fucked up situations your feelings have gotten you in first before you really thought it through. Now, we would think that, you know, in your adolescent years, you'd do that and you'd grow out of it as an adult. Some people do, some people don't. Some people make the same pet perpetual mistake over and over and over again. And they wonder why. I was on Woo Plus and I was chatting with this lady. And it was funny because she said, I got to hurry up and find me a wealthy man. I'm 65 years old. And I asked her, well, what have you done for the prior years of your life? What do you mean? You had all that time to find somebody wealthy. I guess that was the focus. You didn't care so much about compatibility. You didn't care so much about whether or not you got along or whether he respected you. You were only concerned about the money. Still out there, still looking. I can see if you're looking for someone with certain characteristics outside of money, character, personality, something of that sort, something that's grounded, something that's foundational in a relationship. But money, that can come and go. You'll find them prioritizing things like that. Now, Edward writes the following, and he's out of Shreveport, Louisiana. I'm kind of pissed in a way, but disappointed more than pissed. I started talking to this girl about three weeks ago, and now I find out she has a guy that she's sleeping with. He's married. I caught them together, and ever since then, she's been trying to state her case, and she said that he's not leaving his wife, so she didn't see what the problem would be for us to continue on with our relationship. I haven't slept with her yet, and I'm debating whether or not I should. We'd love to hear your input. I have my convictions already, but I just want to hear what you would think about something like this. Edward, Shreveport, Louisiana. Edward. I would leave her ass and never look back. There's a sense of desperation for her to be with a married man and she's single. She's a loser. See, one thing about a woman. Women, let me tell you something, ladies. Some of you don't understand this yet. You have the best opportunity to choose the best man you so desire. As men, we don't have that choice. When we're pursuing you, you're not pursuing us. So that gives you more options. Bella, Edward, I'm going to tell you now. That woman does not know how to pick a decent dick. She couldn't pick a good man out of a lineup if you put 
everybody there in front of her that was a good man. She's the kind of woman that'll wind up picking up the fuck up. The reason why a lot of these women go to men that are married, that's the safe bet. Because they fucked up so badly in choosing men, single men especially, that they'll go and get somebody else's man or a piece of somebody else's man in order to not feel like they're a loser. Even though they are because their self-esteem so low that they don't even trust their own judgment to get a man. They gotta use another woman's judgment who chose a decent man, at least before he started cheating, or a better man than she could choose in general. Something to think about. So, don't lose any sleep over this. You haven't lost anything, man. Because I'm telling you, you could have done better even if you played the lottery. Now, one other thing here, too. When it comes to dating advice, a lot of people are just stopping at the aesthetics of it, getting to meet the person for the first date. If you want it sustainable, there are certain phases you have to go through in order for that to function. And that's a lot of the heavy lifting people don't like going through. That's the reason why so many of them fail. I looked at one statistic and it said seven out of 10 relationships fail within the first date. Think about it for a moment. Seven out of 10 fail. Only three are about successful. That's for a second date or anything else. And that's understandable. I agree with that stat because of the fact that a lot of people are really not in a condition to even be out there to date. They may be fucked up with debt, overly obligated. They may be in a situation where they're in a relationship that they can't get out of and they need some other person to help them pull out like they're a tow truck or something. There are other situations that may exist that have actually motivated them to go on these dating apps and try to meet someone. They're bored, they're frustrated, they're lonely. They're in a relationship that's going nowhere. They got a partner that doesn't listen to them. It could be a plethora of things. But is that your problem? The answer is no. Are you willing to deal with that? It's up to you. But here's one thing I would say. You need to install a shit-tometer. A shit-tometer is the bullshit that you're going to take or go through to be with a person where you can measure the mileage of bullshit you would have to take to be with that person or deal with. And a lot of you folks don't do that. You got to do that. You got to understand what those deal breakers are. That's your logic speaking. And you got to have those things firm and unyielding. 
You don't have to have a lot of them. Like all these women that get these superficial standards set up because they got their heart broken by the guy they wanted and the guy that they wanted didn't come out to be shit. Now all of a sudden, every other man has to pay with all of these other rules. Most men are not going to sit around and go through all that bullshit. Sad you got your heart broken, but I ain't putting up with that shit. I've told women that on dates that I've met. Because they were still fixated on the past. You're nothing like my ex, and I appreciate that. And then, well, you know what? The whole conversation's on the ex, about how she hated him, about how he dogged her out. And then when I bring it back to, okay, at what point in the relationship did you decide that, okay, enough is enough? Wait a minute, what you're trying to say? I'm trying to say you were at fault too. See, a lot of women think they're exempt because they took some shit. You're also at fault for not leaving at the appropriate time for yourself, to save yourself. Well, I stayed for the kids, blah, blah. Well, the kids are not going to really do too much without you as the mom. And if you're in a fucked up emotional state, what do you think they'll be in? Because kids are just like puppies in a way. Whatever the master does, they're going to always try to make sure that they're showing some sort of empathy. Dog trainer told me one time, he said, if you ever need to get a dog to come back to you, if they've gone off their leash, just lay down and act like you're hurt. They usually come back. What I'm saying to you is, fellas, be mindful of your choices. We have to be more selective about our choices because our choices are limited compared to them. And it costs us more. The premium is much higher if we make a mistake by choosing the wrong person compared to them. They have your children they could possibly get two years alimony plus child support. I'm not saying they're going to be living high on the hog. What I am saying is you will be paying them. Who will be paying you? Besides your employer. That you'll probably have to do extra overtime for and get another job because you got child support coming in. You got alimony payments to make. These are things you need to consider before you start dealing with women in general. You know, I had a lady one time that I knew, among many, that told me, she said, you know, what do you think about me, she asked me. I said, what do you mean? You're a very attractive woman. She said, well, would you fuck me? I said, I'll tear your ass up. And she smirked and she looked away and she looked at me again and she says, do you think a girl like me could ever be your woman? I said, no. And she was kind of perturbed a bit. She said, why would you say that? I said, because here's the thing. You're still seeking validation. You're still out there trying to be something you're not. 
I said, I've seen you in a club all these years. To this day, I only know your first name and that you wear all of this designer shit. You carry an expensive purse and wear expensive shoes. And if it weren't for those two items, I wouldn't have even noticed you besides your shape. She was shocked. She said, so I'm invisible to you in a way. I said, pretty much. I said, because you're just like any other woman I've seen out here. And she gave me that shit about, whoa, you must be a player then. No. I'm just a guy that very calculating on when I go out with a woman. Because I know if I make a mistake... But I still don't consider putting your dick in a woman and getting her pregnant a mistake. But if that were to happen, I don't have the confidence in you that we'd be a good couple. And of course, she gave me, you don't know me, blah, 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 blah. And she said, you know, you're right. She says, I'm still on this quest. And that was the case. That's where she was. And every time we would see each other in the club, we'd always sit down and talk to each other for about 15 minutes. She was cool people. But we both knew our limitations. The only thing we had in common was the fact that she had a vagina and I had a penis and I was going to try to get inside of her. That was it. Because there was nothing else there. There could never be a foundation. I damn sure would never trust her. And ladies, one thing I want to leave you with too. Men do judge you by the men you have fucked in the past. So you get up there talking about, yeah, well, my ex was a drug dealer and my boyfriend before that, he got locked up and he ain't shit, blah, 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 blah. Well, the first thing the guy's going to do is strap up and sleep with you, maybe, if you're lucky. And then after that, he's gone. He's not going to hang around. Unless he's the same type of guy that you just talked about. And he's like, oh, well, she's accustomed to this, so... I don't feel so out of place. She's used to this. Water sinks to its own level. More in a minute. All right, now what are going to be some of the obstacles that you're going to face when you first start dating this person? If they have pets or kids. How do they manage their time? Especially with family obligations. Is it that every time you guys schedule a date, it has to be canceled because of a family emergency? Is that person trying to incorporate you into some of the family duties? Like I told you before, the one young lady that I, that I dated down in Long Beach, she got so comfortable, she gave my mother my phone number. Someone's calling me, give me a damn grocery list to go pick up from the store to bring to her. 
like Anwar Slay. I'll give you the money when, when you get here. Dorna thought she was taking a respite because that's what she usually would do. Now, uh, we're we not doing that right now. I was cards when I did it one time. But after that, nope. I want to be used like that, vicariously like that. Because that's one thing you're going to have to watch yourself about. You have to pick up on these things. So, the strongest piece of advice I can give you is when you first start dating that person, observe their friends and family, the way they interact. If your partner, potentially, is one of these people that is a workhorse and other, other people are pretty much barking orders to them or telling them what to do and they're trying to shuffle things to do it, that person may not be right for you. It may be a little bit too weak, too influenced, too conditioned. And it could waste your time. I remember a situation a close friend of mine was having. Mike, if you're listening, talking about you, my friend. And Mike was a good guy. And his mom was a very nice lady. And she worked her ass off for Mike. I mean, really did. And Mike always wanted to put his mom in a nice home, give her a nice car and everything. And he had a pretty good job. And eventually he did that. And she was really not wanting to have the son I'm fine where I am. Don't, don't you do that. Huh? No, mom, I want you to have it. She was embarrassed. And I'll never forget what she told him. Because see, Mike lost his father when he was young. And she told him, that was your daddy's job. He put a roof over my head. He did. His life insurance paid off the house. And he was so concerned about the neighborhood in which he lived, which was not really a good neighborhood. It was a good neighborhood back in the 1950s when they bought the house. But it had delineated. Well, my girlfriend was not having Why are you going to put her in a brand new house and, you know, you living in an apartment? And Mike said, well, she's my mother. And from that, she made a decision. I ain't going to be with you. And Mike was kind of torn because he really liked her life. He called me up one night and he said, man, let's go have a drink. So we went and did. He explained to me the situation. 
And I said, I want you to think about one thing. Think about how money, how much money you made from your mother's wisdom. You thought about it. Yeah, I did. She's the one that pushed him into school. She's the one that pushed him when it came down to opening up his business because he was tired of working for a company. She was the one that showed him, hey, you can do it. Your daddy did it. You can do it. And Mike did it. But he was kind of crossed between losing this woman and being classified as a mama's boy. Excuse me, and I kept telling him. Think about it like this. How many times have I been called a mama's boy for taking care of my mother? He's like, yeah, you've been told that a lot. I said, at the end of the day, I can count the women that even came close to even being around me. And they can't tell my mother. Yeah, that's true. I said, you only get one mom. You get these women all day long. I said, that girl had an agenda. The money you spent on your mother's house that's paid for. She wanted you to spend on the two of you, and the two of you don't even have a stable relationship. You're chasing after her more she's even interested in you. She's interested in what you have, not who you are. And he started to realize that. I thought I said, take it from me. Some of the jobs I had, the women only wanted me for the job I had and the money that I made. Nothing fucking else. Driving a Bentley down Sunset Boulevard, even though it was the company's car. And you had somebody on the back seat that didn't have a job, a place to stay, or a pot to piss in, one of my girl's friends. When are you going to get the, the new one? I pulled over on Sunset and got and put all the asses out. And I told her, I said, you want to go out too? You know? Go on. with that shit because that's the thing that you'll realize and as you get older and wiser in life you're going to start filtering those people out by the time you're 45 those people will not be in your lives because you would have definitely got the memo by that time hopefully because I'm going to tell you the first 45 years of life you're going to spend realizing the shit you don't need. You're going to think you need it in the beginning. By the time you're around 45, you're going to realize, I ain't need all this bullshit. I didn't need all of these pressures put on me. I didn't need all of these things put on me that people have applied to me. I don't need all this shit. I don't need all this affirmation from Joe Smuggatelli and this guy and that guy and this lady and that lady. After a while, you say, fuck it. 
And of course, the younger people will look and say, well, I don't want to wind up like nobody like that person because they're going to be old and And guess what? They say that shit when they're young. When they get older, they're in the same category. It's a cycle. It doesn't change. Chasing dreams and all that other shit. It's got to be practical. So what I'm saying is, when it comes down to dating in general, you want to have a macro view, not a micro view of dating. See, a lot of these uh, dating coaches and so forth, they give you the micro view, and then you got that sphere of knowledge where you have the psychologists that come in and they give you all of these huge terms. And Look, you're dealing with people. Dating is more of a social psychological type of experience. You gotta deal with the psychology of people, but you also have to deal with the socialization of people. And when you go for love, a lot of you throw all that shit out the window, your logic goes, and your heart leaves. That's the reason why the motto of this show is think before you love. Don't separate on one. Because if you don't, you're going to wind up being one of these people alone, heartbroken, angry. Because, and you'll be angry at yourself more than anything else because how many times are you going to tell yourself I told you so? If something's not working for you, if you've been divorced three or four or five times, it's you. Don't play the victim role like, oh, this happened to me. No, it's you. Is something that you're doing wrong? Is something that's not working? It's a perception someone sees in you that they take advantage of. Talk to you good folks on tomorrow. Gotta go. romantic truth appreciate your listenership listeners you're invited to stream and listen to jorzen's music on apple music amazon music spotify audio mac or deezer type in jausan in the search for artists to follow and like modern instrumental music from his discography the views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those solely of the host and are not condoned or endorsed by romantic truth Anchor or any of its affiliates. The advice given herein is the expressed opinion of the host and not to be used for legal, marital, or family, counseling, or for professional practice purposes. In the event for professional assistance, please contact the local licensed professional family counselor, marriage counselor or social services professional in your region. If you need someone to talk to in regards to help, 
you may contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255, available 24 hours. All correspondences read on the show have been pre-screened and pre-approved by the submitter to be aired on the show. Be advised that all of the background music of production not provided by Anchor is owned by James Adams and Jaws and One Music exclusively licensed for this Romantic Truth podcast under waiver. Please understand that there were no people or animals hurt in the segments of this show including plants. All sound effects were improvised in the studio setting with props. We are an equal opportunity employer with two Yorkie poodles and a rat terrier as the security detail. Please be advised that the content of this podcast is under copyright by Romantic Truth and James Adams.